Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of clindamycin from the microbiology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 33-year-old man presents to his primary care physician for a rash involving his left leg. His symptoms began approximately seven days ago when he noted a rash. He is unsure if he had any trauma to the leg, but states he has had mild fevers. The patient is allergic to penicillin. His temperature is 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 138 over 88 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 98 per minute and respirations are 18 per minute. Physical examination is notable for an erythematous edematous and warm lesion involving the left ankle that is tender to palpation. He is started on clindamycin. This is a case of cellulitis. Let's now get into the topic. In terms of the mechanism of action of clindamycin, it reversibly binds to the 50S ribosomal subunit impairing bacterial protein synthesis. This impairs the transpeptidation reaction within the ribosome. In terms of its clinical use, it is used for anaerobic infections, staphylococci, viridans group streptococci, Streptococcus pyogenes, Streptococcus pneumoniae, and Group A streptococcal infection. Anaerobic infections would be aspiration pneumonia, oral infection, and lung abscesses. These infections can be caused by Bacteroides species, Clostridium perfringens, and Fusobacterium species. Adverse effects of clindamycin include clostridium difficile infection or pseudomembranous colitis, fever, and diarrhea. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 51-year-old police officer is brought to the emergency room after being shot in the abdomen. His wound was packed and bandaged by emergency medical services before he was transported to the hospital. His past medical history is notable for hypertension and diabetes. He takes metformin and lisinopril. He has a 20-pack year smoking history and does not drink alcohol. His temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 142 over 86 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 120 per minute, and respirations are 24 per minute. On exam, he appears uncomfortable, but is able to answer questions appropriately. He has a 1 centimeter by 1 centimeter wound in the left upper quadrant. There is an exit wound in the left lower back. After undergoing the appropriate laboratory and imaging tests, he undergoes a diagnostic laparotomy. No involvement of the colon or small intestine is noted intraoperatively. He is placed on the appropriate antibiotic and pain control regimens. Three days later, he experiences several episodes of non-bloody diarrhea. His temperature is 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.3 degrees Celsius. Sigmoidoscopy reveals multiple pseudomembranous plaques in the sigmoid and descending colon. This patient's symptoms are most likely due to taking an antibiotic that inhibits which of the following enzymes? 1. 30S ribosomal subunit, 2. 50S ribosomal subunit, 3. Dihydroteroate synthetase, 4. DNA-dependent RNA polymerase, 
or five DNA gyrase. And the correct answer choice is answer choice two, 50S ribosomal subunit. The patient in this vignette presents with pseudomembranous antibiotic-associated diarrhea suggestive of Clostridium difficile or C. difficile colitis. Clindamycin is a 50S ribosomal inhibitor antibiotic that is strongly associated with C. difficile colitis. Remember, C. difficile colitis presents with classic symptoms of colitis, namely fever, abdominal pain, and diarrhea following antibiotics that disrupt the normal colonic flora. The most commonly implicated antibiotics include clindamycin, ampicillin, and cephalosporins. Clindamycin is a bacteriostatic antibiotic that inhibits formation of peptide bonds at the 50S ribosomal subunit. It is effective at treating anaerobic and gram-positive infections, but can lead to C. difficile colitis due to destruction of the natural colonic flora. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice one, the 30S ribosomal subunit is one of two principal components of the bacterial ribosome. 30S ribosomal subunit inhibitors include aminoglycosides and tetracyclines. Common adverse effects of aminoglycosides include nephrotoxicity and autotoxicity, and common adverse effects of tetracyclines include nephrotoxicity, dermatitis, and gastrointestinal upset. Answer choice three, dihydroteroate synthetase is an important enzyme in the bacterial tetrahydrofolate synthesis pathway and therefore plays a key role in DNA synthesis. Sulfonamide antibiotics inhibit dihydroteroate synthetase, thereby impairing bacterial DNA synthesis. Sulfonamides are known to be nephrotoxic and sulfonamide allergies are relatively common. Answer choice four, DNA-dependent RNA polymerase is a mycobacterial enzyme that synthesizes RNA molecules from a DNA template. Rifampin is an antibiotic that inhibits DNA-dependent RNA polymerase and is used primarily in the treatment of tuberculosis and leprosy. Common adverse effects of rifampin are red coloration of bodily fluids, hepatotoxicity, and CYP450 induction. And finally, answer choice 5, DNA gyrase or topoisomerase 2 is a bacterial enzyme that prevents DNA breakage. Fluoroquinolones inhibit DNA gyrase, thereby leading to DNA strain and breakage. Common adverse effects of fluoroquinolones include gastrointestinal upset and tendon damage. In summary, clindamycin is a 50S ribosomal subunit inhibitor that can lead to the development of C. difficile colitis due to its disruption of the normal colonic flora. And that's all for this review about clindamycin. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.